Welcome to Adventures in Consciousness with your host, Dr. Carl Simononic. Hello, this is Episode 7, The Extracellular Matrix and Fiber Optic Properties of Collagen. In the previous Episode 6, you learned how the structures of cells affect their functions, and this section explains how the connective tissues surrounding and connecting cells are also important in understanding nexus theory. Connective tissue, or extracellular matrix as it's called, outside of cells, is a non-living part of our bodies, as opposed to the insides of cells that are actually alive and metabolizing. That non-living extracellular matrix is primarily made of collagen fibers. They're somewhat rope-like and woven to form our skin and bones, tendons and internal organs. In fact, most of our body's structures are built with collagen. About half of all your body's protein is collagen. When slaughterhouses are done with all the parts of an animal they can use for things like steaks and hot dogs and sausages, the disgusting parts left over like hooves and snouts and bones are put in a big pot and boiled until the collagen loses its complex structure, breaks apart and dissolves, at which point it is called gelatin. By the way, collagen supplements have become fashionable lately, and if you're spending extra money on them, you can save a lot by just using gelatin instead. It offers the same nutrition, which is basically amino acids, primarily glycine. The advertising about different types of collagen being somehow better for you is just marketing hype. In life, when collagen exists as fibers, they can form pretty large bundles, such as the large tendons in our legs. When I was a graduate student at UC Davis, I did some experiments with tendons that resulted in my first published scientific paper. I had just learned about biophotons, and I wanted to see if collagen fibers had any fiber optic properties, thinking that if biophotons were physiologically functional, they would need a way to be transmitted between cells in order to be useful. So I obtained a couple of steer legs from a local slaughterhouse, dissected out the large tendons from both of them, and used a device called a spectrophotometer to shine light through pieces of the tendons. I found that light was transmitted through the tendon sections far better going parallel to the fibers than perpendicular to them, and that the best transmittance occurred with red light. This showed that the collagen fibers had some ability to guide light, somewhat like fiber optic bundles do, along the lengths of their fibers. I also found that applying force by stretching the steer tendons would greatly increase the distance that laser light would penetrate into them along their fiber bundles. At the time, I wasn't considering that biophotons could be enabling consciousness. I hadn't gotten that far along yet. I was only thinking about cells possibly using their biophotons to communicate with one another, and this part of the experiment showed that real-life forces acting on the collagen fibers of tendon could potentially modulate the transmission of biophotons between cells if those biophotons were actually functional. Now, a tendon isn't made of pure collagen, but has some blood vessels and cells scattered throughout it, which maintain the tendon fibers, and tendons will grow thicker with exercise, atrophy with disuse, and can sometimes heal when torn or cut. So there has to be some way for the living cells maintaining a tendon to know what stresses or lack of are being applied to it. 
The ability of tendons to modulate the penetration of light through them due to applied forces seemed to support the idea that biophotons could be functional this way. Several years later, I began considering that biophotons could also provide a potential way for consciousness to be supported in our brains, at which point the usefulness of collagen fibers in potentially conducting biophotons in the brain for the support of consciousness also seemed to be a possibility. Slowly, the pieces of the puzzle came together to reveal a complete picture of the physical mechanisms by which consciousness can be enabled in our brains, and that complete mechanistic picture is called the Nexus Theory of Consciousness. This Episode 7 completes the overview of your body's physical structures and mechanisms needed to understand how consciousness works in your brain. In the next episode, we'll talk some more about properties of light and holography and connect the dots as to how they relate to the biophotons in your brain. Thank you for tuning in to Adventures in Consciousness. This is your host, Carl Simononic, signing out. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you haven't already, be sure to like, share, and subscribe to Adventures in Consciousness. Consciousness.